Well, hello there. It's me, Sven Gulli. You see me every week on MeTV showing scary movies, but there's nothing more scary than Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast, which you're listening to right now. You can plug your ears if you want, but you're still going to hear it. I'm sorry. This is Gilbert Gottfried, and this is Gilbert and Frank's amazing colossal obsessions with uh, my co-host Frank Santo Padre. We're once again recording at Nutmeg with our engineer Frank Verderosa. And uh, boy, oh boy, Frank Rayburn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Third Frank yeah. is here. I, I, I know. I, I. I think I, I appreciate the fact that you struggle to figure out what to call me. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, hope, I'm it, hoping for the best. There's <laughs> loads of things I'd like to call you. <laughs> well, Gil. Yes. Here's an idea. This is another one of those producer of the month ideas that comes to us through our friends at Patreon.com. Yes. Patreon.com slash Gilbert Gottfried, yes. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. And you guys can go there and you can suggest episodes for us. Like, you know, we have Gilbert Sings. Gilbert favored yes. us last week with uh, Phil Spector record and uh, oh, some Alan yes. Thick <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> some Alan Sherman. And we also do producer of the month. Uh, for just a couple of shekels, you can uh, suggest, you can throw your, your hat in the ring for uh, us to uh, do your episode your idea, and you will be the producer of the month, and we will uh, name check you or call, or call you out and embarrass you on the show. This week, uh, my my voice went up just six yeah, octaves. This week, <laughs> uh, Frank Salerno, Frank Salerno, uh-huh. listener, another Frank. Oh yes, three Franks and Frank Rayburn uh, suggested the idea <laughs> movie cliches. Oh, I love those. And that's something that's come up on this show before, but we never actually dedicated an entire episode oh, to it. Oh, those are great. So we have a list. Paul Rayburn has a list, our, our trusty researcher. We dug into these. And uh, what do you got, Paul? Any fun ones? Well, there's a lot of uh, science here. There's a lot of science that's well, a little bit screwy. Well, like, throw me three off the top. Okay, so thunder and lightning always happen at the same time. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. What is, right. Einstein never predicted. Never happens in real life, no, but never in horror, especially old bad horror films. So, and, and along the same line, there's a crack of thunder and lightning, then a heavy, drenching storm starts immediately. Yes. Yes. No, no hesitation. Yes. Like the thunder cut a hole well, in time, the sky. Screen time is money. Wow. You know? And uh, and even if it's not a horror film, if they can't think of any other way to make the scene dramatic, if they're failing with dialogue and acting, uh, have a thunderstorm going on. Thunderstorm, the yeah. lights go on and off, yep, everything. Yep, yep. Yeah. What else you got? So I got uh, now um, familiar scene in movies. Somebody runs onto an elevator. The door, the door closes just as the cops get to it. They start running up the stairs, and they always beat the elevator to the yeah, top. Yeah, of, of the course. Always, Twenty always. floors, they can run oh, it faster. Love that. Um, I I like when if you're out running a mob, the person being chased can oh is always the fastest runner. Right. 
there are like 500 people chasing you, but you're always a few feet ahead of them. That's right. They That's they right. can't catch. There's no one in that mob who can run fast enough to catch you. Uh, what else, Paul? Uh, so uh, we have. Um, Back in the elevator theme, elevator shaft there. Everybody's continually climbing out the top, that door at the top of the elevator. Oh, yes. yes. Take yes. the door off. Up, out yep. to the door. You're standing on top of the elevator. Who hasn't done that? Who yeah. has, that's right. <laughs> when the elevator stalled. That's right. Just climb out the top. My, my kids do that, and I can't find yeah. them in the elevator. Yeah. And with what gets me with scenes in elevator is when I'll have, like, dialogue between two of the characters, and I'll go, this is a really long elevator ride. <laughs> you know, it's like they must be going from the first floor to the 2000th floor well, to get yeah. this much dialogue. Also, in. some of the research Frank has done here is that you notice in an elevator shaft, you would expect it to be pitch black. It's yeah. never pitch black. No. It's lit no. up. Never, it's lit, lit up, up. So you can see everything. So you, you can see what's going on. Yeah. And, and... Nobody ever comes out of it with dirty clothes or dirty hands. Never. They're grabbing cables and wires and no, all kinds never. of oily machine parts. Yeah. And, but of course, if you're a comedy director, there's nothing more wonderful that brings people, nothing more wonderful and funny that brings people together than being in a stalled elevator. Sure. Well, it's one of the more famous uh, All in the Family episodes. Oh, yeah. H- Hector Elizondo's wife has the baby Oh, they, with Roscoe Lee Brown. There's always a pregnant woman in the That's elevator. That's correct. If the, uh, right, if the elevator is uh, Well, was that in an elevator where Archie Bunker yes. was and the woman gave birth? Yes, with Roscoe Lee Brown. Oh yes, <laughs> right. yes. yes. Wasn't it? Was it You've Got Mail that also had? Uh, uh, sounds familiar. Tom Hanks was in the elevator with uh, his girl. With uh, what's uh, his girlfriend? Um, whose name I can't think of right at the moment. That and they were. She was no longer his girlfriend by the time they opened yeah. the elevator. Right. And, right. and no one has Is to Parker pee. Posey? Parker Posey. Yeah. No one ever has to go to the no bathroom one, no, no, when no. they're in a Un- stalled elevator. Unlike the members of this show. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We pee constantly. Yeah. In mid-sentence, we <laughs> run start doing the, the show in the urinal. Here's one for Gil that I that I love. This is fun. Uh, uh, one size fits all. If the hero needs to steal clothes from oh someone, my God, the yes. clothes and the shoes he takes will always fit him perfectly. Well, at the end of uh, Midnight <laughs> Express, okay, the guy's there. He's a little guy, and he's in prison, so he weighs like three pounds. He's in this Middle Eastern prison, so he's tiny, weighs three pounds. The guy who's the prison guard played played Pluto. Paul, Paul Smith. Yeah. Paul, Paul and Smith, yeah. He played, was it Bluto Pluto? Bluto. And then Robert the Altman's pop. Papa, yeah. So you know what that carried. He looked like that character. He's like seven feet tall, <laughs> and he weighs about 800 pounds. Right. This little kid knocks him out, puts on his clothes, <laughs> And and it's fit impeccable. Fantastic. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, and if you want to go back a little bit, even in to, good movies like Shawshank Redemption, Tim Robbins has the same shoe size as the warden. Yeah, yes. that's right. Who's that's a guy? Right. And Tim Robbins six four, and the warden's about five nine, but he's stealing the shoes from the vault every night, and it's right, the warden's right, shoes. Right. Anybody you can knock out, take their clothes. Those. 
It's like when you go to a department store and you get clothes in your size, you have to try them on because, you know, you know, uh, uh, at least half the time, nothing fits. Yeah, that's right. But but out in the street, you knock anybody out, their clothes will fit you. <laughs> what were you going to say, Paul? Well, I was going to, when, when I was in high school, I played Cyrano, and I had a, uh-huh. a sword fight that scared the hell out of me, I can still remember, but if you think about sword fights for a minute, they always come, they start slashing and back and forth, then they always come to the point where they're right nose to nose, the two swords are crossed above them, there's a little bit of dialogue, they can stand and talk, they pull back, then again they hash away. They come together, swords come together, low down by the ground. All one has to do is disembowel the other, but no, they step back. Again. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's and right. They're constantly coming together and stepping back, and nobody ever gets hurt. Gilbert and I have different kinds <laughs> of sword fights. <laughs> <laughs> but that's another show. And I guess in every sword fight, people are very honorable. So if you knock a sword out of the other, out of your opponent's hand, it's considered proper behavior to use your sword to yeah. flip it up flip. in the air so he'll get his sword back. That's right. And you could continue the rather than just killing him because yeah. right. he no longer has a sword. Great sword fight, by the way, in a comedy, in a Blake Edwards comedy called The Great Race between yeah. Tony Curtis and Ross Martin. <laughs> and it has all those cliches oh, yes. in it. They play with them. Uh, here's here's another one Gilbert will love. Cars will always explode after falling off a cliff. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes even before they hit the ground. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's in, in it's, uh, Groundhog Day when, when uh, Bill yeah. Murray drives a car off the cliff. Yeah. And, uh, and um, Chris Elliott. Chris Elliott says, hey, he'll probably be okay. He could be okay. And then, boom. Yeah, just, well, prob- probably, probably not God. now. That's <laughs> 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 <What's> the <that> joke. <laughs> greatest gag. Here's a good one, Gil. Whenever we see a character coming back from the supermarket with a bag of groceries. Oh, okay. There's always like a French bread sticking up in the air. French bread sticking out of the yes. top of the bag. Yes. <laughs> to indicate that he is coming back. With groceries. <laughs> I love that one. Uh, just fly through these. Go ahead, Paul. Well, you any, sh- anything you out. do to somebody's head or even upper back will knock them out cold instantly. And right? there will be no lasting injury. I have right. that here. Well, no concussions right. allowed in movies. Well, it's, you know, yeah. the, the, one of the classics of the two men are fighting and a woman is standing there holding the wine bottle or the champagne yes. bottle. She's hesitating. Smash Whap, it over right? his head. Broken glass everywhere. You know, the if guy's knocked out and he doesn't have a scratch on him. Nope. And, and then you wake up after being asleep, shake your head and are back to normal. Yep. Yeah. No well, concussions allowed. Somebody, I forget who said it, but someone said, uh, as an experiment, smash the top of your TV set and see how easily it comes on afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> also, that's accompanied by the visual of the black screen, then a little bit of light, the oh, fuzzy yes, image out yes. of focus yeah. gradually comes into focus. Right. Some of these are from a terrific website, by the way, called Cinelinks. C i n e l i n x. You can go there and look at your uh, and look up their list of movie cliches, which is rather fun. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast after this. And now back to the show. Here's one Gilbert will love. 
Uh, if you see an Asian character in a film, you can be sure he or she is a martial arts expert. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yes. It doesn't matter if they're a bookkeeper or a shopkeeper. If someone messes with them, feet will be flying. Oh, uh, yeah. That's really funny. Even the kids, like Short Round in the Temple of Doom, will start to kick butt if the need arises. What I find in movies with Asian characters, if they're not a main character... Then they're just there because, hey, those Asians look and act funny. <laughs> they sound funny. They So if it's a smaller part, that's what they're there for. Uh-huh. There's, a, there's, a, there's also the, uh, um, the people trapped in caves. They go into caves. There's always yeah. a flat floor. There's always a floor yes. in the cave. There's always yeah. a flat floor. And it's never really dark in yeah. the cave. And the the other thing I like is the uh, the so many movies that uh, they want a nighttime scene, and they just stop down the camera so that you see like bright, you know, Coming. shadows from the trees and everything. Sure, it's supposed sure. to be nighttime. Or if you're lying in bed, either from the moon or a street light. There's this bright light shining through your window that you would never be able to fall asleep <laughs> yeah, if right. your room it was just that frames your head. Or yeah. Something. yeah, here's right. one I love. Uh, in Movie Land, there's an abundance of corrupt helicopter pilots. Uh, this is from this is from another website called MovieCliches.com, which I love. Uh, villains have no problem renting a helicopter that comes complete with a pilot who doesn't mind shooting total strangers oh, yes. or being shot at. <laughs> <laughs> I like how if you're a hero in a movie, it's perfectly okay. I'm, I'd love to ask doctors about this. <laughs> uh, being shot in the shoulder yeah. is fine. Yeah, You could get a bullet in your shoulder. There's no permanent damage. There's nothing bad that will happen if a bullet goes through your shoulder. Right. They've got a good one here about heroes. The hero's best friend or partner will usually be killed by the bad guys right before his retirement. Oh, uh, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. So on, on the same theme, the hero gets married, and five minutes later his wife is mowed down by two dozen machine guns. Yes. <laughs> Here's some other ones uh, that I was playing with. Uh, let's see. Um, this is fun. <laughs> These are characters. Uh, this is, um, the magical Negro. (laughs) (laughs) This is a black character who aids a cast of white characters. Well, I mean, the first really impressive magical Negro was Sidney Poitier. Oh, yes. He would be there. Well, to serve with love and and many, many films. Heat of the night. White people don't know what they're doing. They need a Negro to show up. Those co- those are called traveling angel stories. Oh yes, in screenwriting terms. But these are traveling. And then that those parts were adopted by Denzel Washington. Right, right. Uh, uh, Song of the South, The Green Mile, yes. Legend of Bagger Vance. Uh, there's a lot of them. Um, there's one. Let me see if I can find it here. This one is called. I like this too. Uh, this is Roger Ebert calls this the principle of evil marksmanship. Villains attack one at a time, can't shoot straight, or become incompetent in the face of opposition by the protagonists. Yes. So they can actually never deliver a clean shot. So, yeah, you could have a million bad guys shooting at you, and then you very calmly point your gun at them and hit them right in the head. Yep, yep, yep. 
Also, one that's such a cliche that still drives me nuts is the post-coitus scene. <laughs> in oh, movies. I know what you're saying the here. The girl could be a hooker, and she wakes up with with a blanket covering her breast, and she's clutching it over her breast. Yes. Like, she just had sex with this guy. Who is she hiding her breast from? <laughs> we had Mr. Skin in here that we were talking about. That yes. that really upsets you. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you're waiting for that shot that doesn't or, come. Right? Or a girl is getting out of a bathtub and reaches for the towel and wraps herself in the towel while she's still in the bathtub. Love it. Or gets up from the bed where her clothes will be right there and slips them on without ever standing up or gets out of bed and wraps neatly the entire blanket around her like a toga. He's now, put a lot now of you're, thought you're, into you're, this. Yes. this. You're discussing cinematic art here. You're, you're, it's, this has nothing to do with the fact that you never saw any of these people naked. Yeah. <laughs> this bothers him. Here's another character, a cliched character like the Magical Negro. Uh, this was this was coined, I think, by our friend Nathan Rabin. Uh, the magic, the, excuse me, the manic pixie dream girl. This is the free-spirited woman who teaches a repressed male protagonist yes. to relax, enjoy life, and have fun. Although, to be fair, she also learns that responsibility That's correct. can be important, <laughs> too. Correct. Yeah, that she, you can't go through life just being a free yes. spirit. Uh, here- oh, and I should remember, since... I was talking about Asians, like, Mm -hmm. you know, if they're in a small part, they're there to be laughed at. Asians are now losing work to Indians who are there to be laughed at. (laughs) If you have Indian actors, it's like, oh, they look funny, they talk funny. You know, it's funny, you look at a film like The Party, you know, and and how how dated that is, and yet it's still going on. Yeah. Yeah. We're still laughing but at people with an accent. You can't really do what, what Rooney did, though, no, at Breakfast no. at Tiffany's, <laughs> even, though you, even though you're the last comedian in America who's still doing yellow face on stage. <laughs> uh, let's see. Here's one. Uh, this is a horror film trope. A character repositions a bathroom mirror, revealing a threat behind them in of the, ref- in the yeah. reflection. Uh, I oh, love that. Oh, here's what drives me crazy. Every horror film and any suspense, mainly horror, if you open up a window, a cat will jump through right, past right, your face right. going, and startle you. Right. How about the car that fails to start in a time-sensitive situation? In a, in a, yeah, of course. In a horror or an action film. That's or Night of the Living Dead. Right? Yeah, or yeah. Cujo. Uh, or a character who attempts to use a cell phone, but there's no reception. No. <laughs> The, the other thing in the horror films I love is like I don't know if you ever saw the Grudge. The uh, oh yeah, saw that. How yeah. was it? It's uh, scary. With There's the about three of them. They're Ethan scary, Hawk. scary, scary movies. But they walk into this house where the where the I think I got the right movie. The Grudge. It takes and, place and in Japan. Yeah, there, yeah, there's a stairway. And they look at the stairway, they look at each other, they start walking up the stairway. It's like, what the fuck? Have you never seen a horror movie? You do not walk up the stairway. And (laughs) that's another thing that's in so many movies. If, If the villain is being chased by the good guy, the villain finds a tower 
and climbs to the right. top of the tower. Right. Because that's really smart. That's That'll right. help you escape. That's hilarious. <laughs> and it's also... Uh, they can have that fight where the villain, you know, falls to the bottom. <laughs> That's right. And, a, uh, and, you, and you fact, never know for sure if the villain is dead so that you can come back with the next movie. But if the yeah. hero falls from a height, from a, he's going to land in a body of water. And oh, and the, and the <laughs> next scene, he'll have like a little butterfly Band-Aid on his forehead. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, when I was a kid... I would watch movies and my with my family, and my father, whenever there was a fight in a tower or on the roof of a building, my father would always go, "Oh!" Because that would be the next scene: yeah, the right. guy falling right, and going, yeah, right. "Oh!" Yeah. Your dad sounds like it was a lot of fun to go to the movies. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a fun one: all characters must keep. Detailed news clippings of important events in their lives. Yes, yes. <laughs> Particularly those that are painful to recall, such as the loss of the character's immediately fa- immediate family due to their own negligence. They have it in like a bed, um, you know, like a a thing with like they'll tape it, a scrapbook. Hilarious. The other, the other, another one of these things that drives me drives any of us crazy who are trying to survive in New York City is you look at the apartment, somebody's got some kind of Half-ass job or oh something. Oh my god! Oh, they yeah. have got, a lavish got like a five million dollar apartment. Sitcoms are particularly guilty yeah, of that. Yeah. Sitcoms like Friends. Yeah, yeah, a guy could have a job as a bicycle messenger. Right. Yeah, that's and right. he lives in an apartment that Donald Trump couldn't afford. <laughs> right. Here's yours, Gil. It turned up when there's an intruder somewhere in the house. The thing that first jumps at the heroine turns out to be her cat. Yes. There you go. And have you ever had opened up a window and had a cat? jump past you and scream and go Aah! I most cats are more docile than that. <laughs> yeah. I like that I like this it one. sounds like the the like some of the early the very early Walt Disney cartoons oh yes yes cats. speaking of apartments Paul any apartment in Paris will have a view of the Eiffel Tower <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. it's an or, easy, easy way to set the scene and if you have an apartment uh in Egypt the, the uh, pyramids are right, right outside. It's like, it's like the baguette in the grocery bag. You know, it just tells you immediately what's going on. Right? Oh, and I heard one cliche. This was great. That, uh, like, words like a ca- foreign characters who speak perfect English, uh, if they have to say uh, yes or no or goodbye... They don't know how to say it. So, like, yes, they never learned how to say. They'll speak, they'll have a conversation with you, and then they'll go, oh, see, see. (laughs) I have one right here like that. When foreigners appear in movies, Hispanics in particular, they never seem to be able to speak perfect English without making one single mistake. It's, but it's, except it seems they never managed to learn how to say thank you. Or sir. Yes. Yeah. Si. Oh, oh, gracias. You know, gracias, senor. There's another kind of cliche that isn't isn't like to do with the, the characters, but the thing like the newspaper that spins up oh, and yes. comes up, right? Or, or I'm trying to think oh, of other things like I, that. I love to, um, oh, God, we were just, oh, shit. We were just talking about the foreign characters. Yeah. And. Women jump, cats jumping oh. out. 
when it has to do with foreign spies, mm-hmm. they'll say like one word like Yavol. <laughs> and then the guy in charge will say, no, we must only speak English from now on. <laughs> we must get used to speaking in English. <laughs> and it's just like how creatures from outer space intercept our radio waves right. and speak right. perfect English. Yeah, there was, the other one that was demonstrated often in Mission Impossible was when they'd, they'd show up in a utility truck and on the side it would say gasoline, but it was always G-A-Z-O-L. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so they would do uh, Eastern European yeah, yeah. lettering. Here's some fun ones. Any person waking from a nightmare must sit or bolt upright in bed. Yes. Right. Instead of just lying there going, oh, <laughs> yeah. as most of us do. Right. Any lock can be picked with a credit card. Or, oh, of course. Or a paper clip. And any safe can be opened in a few minutes with a stethoscope. <laughs> and gangster's briefcase will always contain uh, weapons or banknotes. <laughs> oh, I also love with gangsters, they'll go, uh, you know, Here's the hundred million dollars. You could count it. Yeah. No one ever counts. <laughs> ever counts. Yeah. yeah. No well, it says here, briefcases are designed to hold exactly three rows of banknotes. Yes. <laughs> As if it had the power by itself, money likes to be sorted in nice packs and rows, even and if it had been thrown into the briefcase by a terrified cashier. And it's funny that they don't count it because you. I guess you figure. Well, I'm dealing with a gangster. They wouldn't shoot me. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Hilarious. Oh, and uh, another <laughs> thing in if you're dealing with the head of the mob and he knows you've double-crossed him, he he won't just shoot you. He'll talk like a college professor doing a thesis and like the head of the mob will go, in Thailand in 1306, it was considered that the dung beetle was a, a, a creature of God, and they would pray to it uh, for better crops and childbirth, and, and they'd give this whole speech that would somehow lead to this guy double-crossing him. I love that. And he'd have to shoot him. I love it. I love it. Okay, so there are about a million here. We could keep going. But you guys, send in your own movie cliches, uh, and we'll we'll do a future show about them. Uh, oh, and, and the, one, the one they won't let go of is if something is happening anywhere in the world, you click on the TV and you go, oh, I wonder if that bank robbery is happening. And you click it on, a bank robbery was <laughs> And then when they say, police say that, and they click it off. They don't need to hear the whole thing. Here's a police one. Most police chiefs seem to be in constant contact with their city's mayor, who will often chew their ass about a, a single criminal investigation out of the thousands going on in the city. Oh, and whenever a phone rings at a police station, it always has to do with the top crime that's happening. That's it. That's it. Yeah. There's a, boy, there's, there are lists and lists yeah. and pages and pages of these, and we could go on. But it was a funny idea for a, uh, a, for a mini idea. episode. So we, oh, that, as we always say, that hasn't even scratched <laughs> scra- <laughs> the surface. But isn't that a cliche in itself? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll do more of these. You guys can send them in to us. Uh, 
these are there's just so many funny ones. Some of these are specific to New York to to holidays. The 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 list goes on and on. Um, love this one. This is the last one. Um, uh, a hero is meant to be. If a hero is meant to be living in a cheap, seedy hotel, you can be sure there oh, will be one. Bar and grill. Oh well, a flashing, a large flashing neon sign. Yeah, <laughs> yeah bar and grill. There you bar go. And grill. Or the or the shitty name of the hotel. Oh yes. In, fla- in flashing neon, really good stuff. All right, we will uh, send your cliches to us. <laughs> uh, thank you, Frank Salerno, for the idea, and we'll we'll do more, and then we'll try to get you to remember cliches from movies you were in. Oh yes. Yeah. It's going to be a long show. <laughs> Paul, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. How was my research, Gilbert? Oh, yes. Yeah, I found out that uh, silent movies didn't have sound. <laughs> I don't even remember him saying that. Yeah. Oh, we'll see you guys next time. You want to sign and, us out? And I'm Gilbert Gottfried, and uh, this has been Gilbert and Frank's Amazing Colossal Obsessions with my co-host Frank Santo Padre and the waste of a human life <laughs> Paul Raper I was going to say don't talk about Verderosa <laughs> Paul what can I say I think you've said enough Colossal Obsessions <laughs>